Reel on Reels, episode 23. A Reel on Reels double feature. King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters, and Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade. Hey everybody, uh, this is Reel on Reels. Once again here in uh, Real on Real Studios, in Orlando's studios, <laughs> I'm Rob. And I'm Jeremiah. And uh, today we are doing a double feature. Two uh, geeky documentaries. I love geek documentaries. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> documentaries on geek culture. I never guess that. Documentaries on geek culture are just, they're, they're great. I need to watch these more. these are two, two of the best. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think of it until this moment, but um, a really good one is uh, what is it? Trekkies, I think, is what it's called. Trekkies, yep. Yeah, that they one. Have ringers. Oh man, oh, I, need, I haven't seen Ringers. I need yeah. to see that for sure. Um, but what, the two that we're talking about today are arcade game related. Uh, one is The King of Kong, which is probably the most famous out of the geek culture documentaries. I would say. I, really, just that category in general. Yeah, I would say that most people have heard of that movie. Not most people, but a lot of people. Okay. Um, it does have like almost 30,000 reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I was actually kind of surprised by that because I didn't think the movie was that yeah. well known. Well, it was very like well-received because it's such a yeah. well-made documentary. Um, a very entertaining one. And then the second one is also about arcade culture, and that's called Chasing Ghosts Beyond the Arcade, which is kind of a more general look at arcade game culture in the 80s yeah it's um it's more yeah it's it's about it's more it's, it has more to do with the games right and has more to do with getting to know a lot of the classic record holders mm-hmm. from that original time uh time magazine piece right. in 1982 or whatever it was something like that and um king of kong's more of a um dramatic yeah piece of kind of about the drama involved in high score uh you know high, yeah. the high score culture <laughs> i keep saying cultures but it, it really is like this is kind of a whole culture of um people that you kind of meet and get a taste of in these documentaries yeah it's uh it's definitely its own thing i mean it's not there's not anything quite like it that right. i can really you can really compare it to um because it's i mean the comp- competition for high scores in like athletics or um, I don't know it, it competitions in general like it's just not it's a different thing with game gamers it's like this weird um, I don't know it's hard to it's hard to explain it's like there there's this like obs- obsessive element to it because it, it's like you know getting you know when you have to sit there for like three hours Mm -hmm. just so you can like try to get like a couple more points than some other guys just there's something weird about it you know right right um yeah and i i've i've experienced that i mean i i love this 80s arcade game called mappy and i would play that game obsessively i got pretty good at it i got the high score over in the largest arcade in the world galloping ghost arcade Oh, you've got the high score at uh... at that arcade, not the oh, world, wow. not the world record, but I got the high score at that particular oh, cool. arcade. Um, I haven't been to Galloping Ghost yet. I definitely yeah. want to go. It's actually been a couple years since I've been, so maybe somebody's overtaken it. But it's been a while. It's been probably five or six years since I set it. Hmm. So um, it's been up for a while. It was up for a few years. At yeah, least. we'll we'll take a look when we go. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, they also got a pinball location now. Oh, that's cool. Right down the road. So Nice. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I, I understand kind of the, because it's so, it, Walter Day kind of explains it in King of Kong. The, the appeal of these games is the challenge and kind of getting one more point is, it means kind of a, uh, a huge increase in skill. Yeah, that's true. Games. Yeah, he does make that point in the movie. So it's just, and King of or which one? I think <laughs> it's it's easy to confuse these yeah, two yeah. movies, especially when you've watched them back to back, and they have a lot of the same characters, shall we say? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, 
but before we actually delve into this, we should say that we're going to be talking, we're going to be doing some corrections. Oh, yes. At the end of our uh, discussion on these films. Um, and discuss some reviews. Yep. Talked about some reviews for the movie. Um, and yeah, have a good time. But uh, as King, always. So, King of Kong is one of my favorite documentaries ever made. It's uh, about a guy named Steve Wiebe. <laughs> who is a science teacher, kind of a, an all-American dad. and But nothing like American dad. Right. <laughs> and he um, he's going for the Donkey Kong world record. And now we're not talking about the uh, greatest game in the world, Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> we're talking about the 80s arcade game, arcade game Donkey Kong. Yeah, the which, first appearance of Mario. Right. And have you, have you played Donkey Kong, the arcade game? I don't think I've played it on an actual machine. Yeah. Uh, but I have played it. it, it there was a like a um, there was like a mini game mm-hmm. in Donkey Kong sixty four. Oh, okay. Where you could play it, and I think that might have been the first place where I ever played it. Gotcha. That game is very difficult, even in like the lowest oh. levels. Oh, it's extraordinarily difficult. They yeah. make that point in the movie in, yeah, uh, yeah. in King of Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just it's it's a really fun game, but it's it's tough. And uh, you kind of get a sense that, um, I mean, there's a reason all these nerds think it's kind of like the Holy Grail game, you know? Right. Yeah. It is kind of like the, <laughs> yeah, it's weird how they think of it like that. It's kind of, yeah. Cause there's a guy, there's a guy in there named Brian Koo. Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves as usual, but <laughs> so Steve Weeby is trying to get the score and he finally gets it right. Uh, and he sends his tape of him getting the score to what's called Twin Galaxies. And it was actually the first, that one was the first, it's kind of hard to keep track of these, but that particular one was the f- very first um, million plus score. Right, of Donkey Kong. In in Ever since the game came out, which I think it came out in like, what, 1981 or something? Something like that, yeah. Um, and there's... <laughs> This the film has such a interesting cast of characters, and they they are characters even though they're regular people. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Mitchell. <laughs> Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell is the record holder at the time. At the time of uh, Donkey Kong and a lot of other games, he was the first guy to get the perfect Pac-Man score, um, where he got every. Dot every energizer, every ghost, which is very impressive, right? Um, if he actually did it, I think he did it. <laughs> I think he, I think he was a very good game. Like, yeah, you, you might not know, but Billy Mitchell is—he considers himself the greatest gamer of all time, and he's like <laughs> one of the most arrogant people I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, he—he's um, a douche. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, he's a big that comes guy. through in both of these films, but. I mean, it is said that he, that this film kind of paints him in a light, but he, he still did those things that they showed, but they might have like taken them out of context or right. pieced them together to make it seem one way. Because Steve Wiebe and um, Billy Mitchell actually are kind of friends now. Yeah, the King of Kong apparently portrayed them as being more rivalrous than they really were. Right. in real life and more more uh, more billy steve weeby in this film is kind of like trying to just be like hey i'm you know competition and i want to meet you and but billy mitchell's kind of shown to be reclusive and yeah he he turns down a couple of challenges from mm-hmm. steve weeby he's like hey i'll you know let's let's meet up and play right and there's a couple points in the movie where they they are um, because they're following, um, Seth, uh, Seth Gordon is the di- director, by the way, him and his crew are following, um, Steve Wiebe around to these different, um, uh, tournaments and he keeps challenging Billy Mitchell and he never shows up. And, um, he, yeah, like we said, the, he, Steve Wiebe submits a tape to, um, to get his million points plus score recognized by twin galaxies, which is this organization that are that they they're the high score keepers right you know they they are the the record keepers of the world records 
and Walter Day is the one that created it. He's this kind of, uh, you know, how you how would you describe him? <laughs> he's uh, wow. It's kind of he's eccentric. Yes, he's kind of an entrepreneur. He's got, um, you know, he's a uh, kind of like a solid like responsible guy. Like he's not the kind of eccentric that's just like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. But he, um, I think is a little bit, he, he has a inflated sense of the importance of these scores. Like he, he takes it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, I do kind of agree, you know, if they, if they, people want to make it competitive, it has to have somebody. No, that is true. Yeah. Um, taking it seriously, which I think they're, finally taking it more seriously than they were because they've banned Billy Mitchell. Right. Um, taking away all yeah, the we scores. Might as well get into that. Yeah. The, uh, about a year ago, he, uh, yeah, they found out that there was all sorts of chicanery going on. He was doing a lot of, he was submitting scores. Um, and this is a big part, plot point in the movie where he, he's submitting scores, um, over video, which they are, which are supposedly, according to Walter Day, like less legitimate, and a bunch of other people less legitimate. But they're taking Billy Mitchell's scores over people like Steve Wiebe, who are breaking records in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what happens is Steve Wiebe sends in that tape. Yeah, um, the twin guys from Twin Galaxies show up at his house to check out the board inside of his cabinet, which they find out it was sent to them by some guy named Captain Awesome. <laughs> or no, Mr. Awesome. Mr. Awesome, yeah. Roy Schilt is his real name. Um, that has some bad blood between Billy Mitchell and Walter Day because they took away his missile command high score. Right, yeah. So there's a whole, this is like Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> there is almost a Game of Thrones level of intrigue going on with, with these uh, with these gaming geeks. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny. And... Um, then what happens is they say, well, if you come out to fun spot and you right. break the high, if you break the high score on a, the fun spot machine, which is notoriously, uh, it's notoriously a hard machine <laughs> to uh, to beat. The fireballs <laughs> are random. Even Bill thinks it's uh, possessed. For God's sake, <laughs> that's my impression of Robert Mirzak. Mirzak, he's the guy that watches all the tapes. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a guy named Robert Mirzak. He watches all the high score tapes I get in. And some of these games, to get to the high score, takes a long time. Yeah, like, he actually, I think in Chasing Ghosts, it says, uh, they mentioned how he at some point resigned. So did, that yeah. it must be somebody else doing it now. But man, his apartment is just full of VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. I think in both movies, they show that. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he takes it pretty seriously. He's like, I got to. A forty-eight hour nibbler performance um, <laughs> over there on my nightstand that I have to watch <laughs> while I eat and pet my fat cat. Yeah, it's got this gigantic cat, pretty cute. Yeah, but can't uh, fault him for that. Yeah, but anyway, I got uh, a couple of cats myself. So where were we? <laughs> I don't know. Um, this is fun though. Um, so yeah, the well, basically. Oh yeah, so they tell him to go to Fun Spot. Right. And Fun Spot is this arcade in uh, New Hampshire. Right. That used to be the biggest arcade in the world. Now it's the one in Brookfield, which is um, reasonable distance from us. Uh, so we definitely should go. Um, but the um, these movies came out in two thousand seven, by the way. Both of them. Did. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So the right. the most of the events, um, like the interviews and stuff, took place like in two thousand five ish, two thousand six gotcha. maybe. But yeah, it's th- this is the mecca of 80s arcade games. And they say, if you come out here, you do the score live, it's legitimate. So Steve Weeby actually flies out, leaves his, wi- his wife and kids at home, mm-hmm. his teaching job at home, to go try to get a world record in a, a 25-year-old video game. <laughs> uh, and he does it. He does it in the arcade, um, which they recognize the score then. But there's there's people like Brian Koo. There's a guy named Brian Koo who's kind of a um, an underling of Billy Mitchell that's like spying on Steve Wiebe as he's playing for the high score. Yeah. And he's like... Yeah, that whole sequence is pretty funny. Yeah, he's kind of like standing over his shoulder trying to make him nervous. He's getting, pe- he's getting people to come watch him to make him more nervous. Yeah, the movie really emphasizes that little, that dramatic tension too. Um, and I mean, we can get more into this, but that's one of the things um, 
that makes it a, a an excuse me an exceptionally good documentary is that it's not just a bunch of interviews and people just giving information. It's right. actually there is a narrative, and it actually the initial goal was to make something more similar to Chasing Ghosts, where it's they're talking about the history of the gaming mm-hmm. movement or whatever. But when they they got interested in this rivalry between Steve Wiebe and Billy Mitchell, they were like, oh, that's got to be the focus of the movie. And so they made a con- – you could tell that they really made a conscious shift to that and made – planned it out so that they would have cameras at the right moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so this is one of those moments in the movie where they're cutting back and forth between two different locations because they've got a camera at Billy's house. Oh, yep. And mm-hmm. they've got the camera at, at, at Fun Spot. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't remember the guy's name. Brian Koo. Brian Koo is going around. He's like, uh, we got a guy over here is about to approach the, the kill screen. On- there's a there's a kill screen coming up if anybody wants to see it. That's like yeah. the, the He's famous He's telling line. everybody. Yeah. And the kill screen, by the way, is in Donkey Kong, there's no ending. So you can only play the game for so long before there's no more game to play. Right. And they'll just it just kills Mario um, immediately. Yeah, without any reason. So that's why they call it the kill screen. Yeah, he, and it's he, very rare to he get gets to a it. big crowd of people around mm-hmm. Steve Wiebe to watch him. Yeah, he's trying to pressure him into into screwing up, but he doesn't. He gets to and, it. And all that whole time, they're cut, they're intercutting it with um, scenes of uh, Billy sitting on his couch on his little flip phone. Yeah, and Brian Koo's um, ta- updating him, talking to uh, man, I- Brian Koo. <laughs> yeah, Bri- it's not sticking for some. Brian Koo. For talk- some, yeah, I mean, he's, Brian Koo is acting almost like his underling. It's kind of like a yeah. weird little thing that's he's going on. He's like giving on. him updates. He's like, he's on his uh, second yeah. man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's gotten two barrels <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you know? And the thing is, I don't think we emphasize Billy Mitchell. He's like, he's like a rock star amongst these. In um, his mind. Yeah. And, well, and to these people too. To the yeah. Twin Galaxies people. Yeah. A lot of the record holders. He's got a mullet, a beard. <laughs> yeah. He's a successful hot sauce selling mogul or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just a he's something else, folks. Yeah. Folks. Um but yeah, but the the um the big feature that Life magazine did on the record holders at Twin Galaxies um back in like 1982, I think oh, it was. Yeah. That's a major event in both of these films that oh, it kind mm-hmm. of yeah, the kind of uh, that's kind of the start of the the narrative, right? Um, they Time Magazine did like a were they on the cover or they were just a feature article? I don't exactly remember. Yeah, they took pictures of yeah. like all the the kids with their on like next to their machines. Yeah, with some cheerleaders on uh, yeah posing in front of them. And yeah. Billy Mitchell's friend Steve Sanders is also in that picture for Donkey Kong. Steve Sanders, yeah, for he, a score that he lied about. Yeah, and he literally wrote the book on Donkey Kong, so he's he's yeah. one of the best Donkey Kong players. But remember when Steve yeah. Wiebe is like when they're on their way to Florida for the Dodge City of Gaming, or might he might have been on his way to Fun Spot. He was carrying a book of uh, it was like a, how to how to win at Donkey Kong. I wonder oh, if that yeah. was the one that was written by Steve Sanders. Um, I I think his has a actually that might be the title of it. I don't. I don't remember the title offhand, but it was how to win at Donkey Kong, I think. But um, <laughs> what what's funny about one of those driving scenes, though, is Steve Wiebe's driving down. I think that's the one where they're going to Florida, Hollywood, Florida, or not, somewhere in Florida for the uh, Dodge City of video games. Yeah, which wall. is which is actually where Billy Mitchell lives, and he still didn't show up to play. He yeah, but he did Steve show Wiebe. up to visit. Oh yeah, and he uh, comes in and. See Steve Weeby playing the game, and Steve Weeby like kind of senses that he's behind him, and he looks over and sees him, and he goes, "Oh, hey, hey, Billy!" And the guy, he doesn't say anything to him. He walks away and he tells yeah, his he, wife, "There's just some people we don't want to spend too much time with." Right, but he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in fairness, I think what he meant was he doesn't want to distract him while he's playing Donkey Kong. But I don't know, man. That's <laughs> that, that sounds like a cop out. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But I mean, yeah, I I I think Billy Mitchell is. I've seen a lot of interviews with him, and it could just be a persona that he puts on. But he's he he always claims that he's painted in a bad light in this movie. And I I just yeah. think well, that, I mean, the guy, a lot of the guys' records, and he had records for different games, but yeah. um, they were um, he they were 
played on emulators. Right. They played on MAME. Yeah. So they, they just don't count. Yeah. You can submit MAME scores, but actual machine scores are a separate thing. Right. So he knew he was lying. Yeah. Um, and, and they actually proved it. Like some YouTuber proved it. Yeah. He found that the transitions between the stages in the emulator and the arcade machine are different. Right. They build the stage differently each time the stage is built at the beginning of the level. Mm-hmm. And the <laughs> emulator builds certain way, and that's how his was The internet is built. great. I know. There's always some <laughs> some person with too much free time who can figure right. this stuff out. Anyway, so we should get it. We should talk about these as movies, even though the history is, is very uh, interesting. Yeah, Chasing Ghosts is kind of, we, we meet some characters in there too. Yeah, definitely. Right. You you learn a little bit more about Roy Schilt, uh, Mr. Awesome. Mr. Awesome is, <laughs> he's amazing. He's awesome. Yeah, he, uh, wh- what's great about him um, in King of Kong is how he, um, he he's helping Steve Wiebe because partly because he, he he's the one who gets Steve Wiebe his uh, motherboard for his machine because right. I guess it burned out or something because he wants somebody he knew Steve could beat Billy Mitchell and he wanted he wanted somebody to beat Billy Mitchell because they uh, they have this rivalry um, because like what Rob said earlier he have them not to Twin Galaxies organization not accepting his um, missile command score because Billy Mitchell is like buddy buddy with Walter Day yeah and pretty much will do whatever billy says um and mr awesome is also an arrogant jerk right but he's on the good side he's more likable because (laughs) yeah yeah, because he's opposed to billy but and you know and mr awesome he's kind of like this former is he like a bodybuilder yeah he's like a fitness guru and he called he considers himself like a pickup artist or something yeah he's (laughs) a real just just (laughs) such a douchebag but uh, it's so funny. Yeah, and he is. He, he is entertaining. He calls Billy Mitchell "silly bitchel" <laughs> yes. in "Chasing Ghosts." Um, I believe it was. He didn't say that in "King of Kong," did he? I think it was "Chasing Ghosts." It was "Chasing Ghosts." Yeah, yeah. he calls him "silly bitchel," and which is the funniest uh, name for Billy Mitchell I've ever heard in my life. So, I mean, he's kind of a hero, but he's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He he says. Uh, Missile Command is like the only manly game because it has phallic symbols. Right. <laughs> yeah, he actually says that. Uh, yeah. And then in Chasing Ghosts, what, who's the guy? He's like just hangs out with strippers. Oh my gosh, that I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was that part was so cringy. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Oh Be- my gosh, I didn't write it down. But he, um, uh, yeah, there's just some interesting. Todd Rogers <laughs> is another guy. That we meet yeah. chasing ghosts. Todd Rogers is also an interesting character. Yeah, he's also one that lost his score. His score is because he was either flat out making up the score. Like the score was like impossible to get in the game. Yeah, he made up the score for that dragster game, I think it was. Oh yeah. And his point his score was point six points more lower than what was possible. Yeah. Like they- somebody broke down like the motherboard and figured out, hey, there's only like a, a possible minimum for this game. No, what happened was somebody made a computer program that played the game perfectly. Oh, okay. And see, Rob is even more deep into this stuff than I am. <laughs> I love this stuff. I love this stuff. And they, uh, I watch this stuff on YouTube all the time. Yeah. <laughs> all stuff about video games, all that stuff. But they, you know, they, um, yeah, so they found out what the exactly the perfect score is realized he completely made it up he like photoshopped the score or whatever and there was another game i forget which one it was but he said a score like whatever the score was it ended in three and the score could only end in like five or zero in that game oh wow so man that's a pretty he didn't really think that one through yeah definitely not but he's another kind of like skeevy guy right like right collects spiders yeah he's got like uh, a thousand different spiders or something like the worst like sad bad luck stories yeah and he he talks about them in such a deadpan way like his wife leaving him is just like a thing that happened it wasn't like a really important thing that happened but the interesting thing about that guy is he is the world's first pro gamer because he was the first gamer to have like signature controllers 
huh. back in the day, like when he was getting those high scores when he was a kid, he was like the first kind of like esports guy. Huh. I didn't know that. You know, um, we, now that's like super common. There's a guy named Shroud. He's a streamer. He's got like a he's got a signature mouse. Huh. Um, or not Shroud. That not Shroud. Ninja. Ninja's the guy that has uh, is the streamer that has that. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. It makes but, sense. But yeah, um, so we want to get into uh, a little bit of a rating yeah, sure. mode. So with King of Kong, um, yeah, and we'll we'll get into we we'll probably go into more detail on Jason Ghost too. But um, for for uh, what do you got for what do you got to say for, uh, about the direction of King of Kong? I uh, and your rating. I think it's so well directed. I gave it a nine because I think that. It's just very well put together. There's a it's tightly it's a tightly told story. It's tight like a toiger. Yeah, you know you got this under underdog Steve Weeby who's described as a sad sack that has never succeeded. It has gotten very close to success in life, but has always fallen short. And they they hammer home that point. And it's kind of almost humor humorous in a way. Yeah, because it's like they're just like beating on this guy. It's part of the comedy of it. Yeah, yeah. it's like. There's this whole thing, really, with both these movies, it's kind of like part of the comedy is just how they take this stuff really seriously Mm. and how, but on the other hand, you also have, there's this kind of like poignance to it because for the same reason, like they do take it seriously. And so it's like, it's kind of a weird place that they, that these movies put you in. Um, But yeah, it, it, um, it is definitely... It's a unique experience. I mean, these are these are interesting people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, there were a couple who are uh, most of these guys went on to just be like, you know, kind of normal, successful types of people, you know, mm-hmm. and like what's his name? Um, Steve Sanders, the uh, Billy, Billy Mitchell's good friend. He became like he like had a whole bunch of kids and became like this big like um, Christian type dude who's yeah, just like, like he's a lawyer yeah yeah but he's like he's like always talking about his faith and stuff and like um i think he did he even like preaches or something doesn't he um i'm not sure but he's an so, interesting character um yeah. so we didn't really talk about him that much you know he um he's friends with billy mitchell right he cheated he made up his score for the time magazine shoot for donkey kong he said his score was three million which we obviously know that's not really possible now um because the highest score i think right now is like 1.1 yeah. million or something uh, yeah hank chen i, I want to say is how you say his name he's the one who most recently that, that i could find had uh had the highest score and it was like a million one million sixty eight thousand i'm not sure okay i'm not sure what it is today but gotcha um what the, what was the point i was making oh um you're talking about steve sanders steve but- San- yeah he so he cheated. He gets like he Billy Mitchell doesn't believe him when they were kids, and f- challenges him to uh, uh, Donkey Kong off, <laughs> and Billy Mitchell destroys Steve Sanders. And now Steve Sanders is kind of like this Billy Mitchell sycophant, but he's kind of a I don't know. He's kind of a gray character to me. Yeah, I, he is interesting. Really, in both movies, you get to see a little bit more about his life and uh, chasing ghosts. Yeah. Um. In in King of Kong, he's really just kind of like. It's interesting. He's almost Team Steve. He's begrudgingly. He he really appreciates Steve's uh talents. Yeah, and he realizes that I think he realizes that he's a family man, just like. Right. Steve Sanders, Billy. I think I think Steve Sanders probably knows Billy Mitchell's a jerk. Right. I, how could he not? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. But it's just one of those things they've known each other for so long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, but yeah, he's kind of sympathetic to Steve Weeby's plight. In this, yeah. In this yeah. Film. Um, anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent, but, but yeah, we didn't really talk about uh, Steve Sanders. I think he's an important character in this. Film. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I gave, I actually gave direction to 10 because uh, okay. I just really appreciate how laser sharp, the focus of the film is mm-hmm. and how it very consciously builds a narrative as opposed to just being like a bunch of interviews, um, which is 
more or less what um, Chasing Ghosts is and what most documentaries are. Yeah. Um, I don't want to sum up Chasing Ghosts as just a bunch of interviews, but it's it's more of a historical right documentary than and most documentaries story. Yeah, most documentaries are just that they're just kind of like giving you information. Right. Uh, but this does have an actual narrative arc, mm-hmm. and it's got very much like an archetypal David and Goliath kind of story. Goliath and, with a mullet. Right. <laughs> yeah. And everybody loves that, you know, that underdog, a good underdog story. Sure, yeah. And, you know, what, what a really key scene is when his wife is getting kind of emotional, and she's like, and you can see how Steve much. Steve Weeby's wife? Yeah, just how, like, supportive she is and how she's just like, you know, he's not a vindictive person. Mm. and he doesn't deserve this kind of treatment yeah and uh so that it and it so it really does it it takes the time to build the emotional arc that you know that that very few documentaries have sure yeah yeah um and which kind of leads me to believe that a lot of it was manufactured in the editing room yeah which is why but it's not necessarily a bad thing i think you know, if you're making a documentary like this, yeah, I I w- might as well say I'm I uh, gave editing a ten also. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> because I think it's equally equally important because they did put together. I mean, like I said before, they made sure to have to capture the right moments and to be able to put it together as an actual narrative. Right. That has these archetypal characters, and it even. You can, there's a lot of depth that you can read into this too, because it's sort of, he's making a point about how, or he, I don't know how conscious it was, but you could see it as kind of a metaphor for, um, or like a microcosm of like, of the real world in some ways about how there's power and authority in the world and how it can be, it's like my, right. Basically corruption. Yeah. That's a simpler way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that or, that's corrupt. What are you that's just about? Yeah, right. I mean, that's just that's that's the way the world is. Yeah. So in a way, he's he's making a, a much deeper point than what it immediately seems. Mm-hmm. And I think that resonated with people. And that's why you know that's one of the reasons why I think this movie has like what a ninety-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it's because it you know it really it just is yeah ninety-seven percent uh, yeah for it, critics. Tra- it transcends its subject. Yes, that is a good way of putting it. You yeah. often put things better <laughs> than I do. Um, so, but yeah, and you know, it's it's the direction and the editing together. Just uh, they make for um, something. Just I think classic. Yeah, in its structure. Mm-hmm. And you know, they were going to make a movie about this, right? Um, I think they wanted uh, somebody. I think pitched. Ben Stiller as Billy Mitchell, which <laughs> would have been amazing. Oh, that would have been great. He just played <laughs> the trifecta. Like, oh, not trifecta he would have been such a he good Billy Mitchell. I really hope that happens. That yeah. would be perfect. But I, I, I really highly doubt that Billy Mitchell would give up his life rights to a movie that bashes him. Maybe not, but he did. He did sign over his rights over, though. I saw that in the in the IMDb trivia. His only stipulation was that Roy Schilt would be left out of it. About to what? To to them doing a movie about oh this okay. this story. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like even if I wasn't necessarily portrayed in a positive light in a movie, if I was making well, money off of it, I mean, he was <laughs> he was they he was made fun of in a cartoon. I can't remember the cartoon, and he sued them. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. He was portrayed as like a head with legs. He's like a <laughs> giant, giant head. <laughs> and um, the judge in the case threw the case out and said um, something to the effect of, it seems that the, def- the per- that the, <laughs> um, oh God, what, what is the name of the uh, case maker? <laughs> The plaintiff? The plaintiff. Yeah. <laughs> it seems that the plaintiff's head is as big as the cartoon depicted. Wow. And Savage. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Billy Mitchell getting smacked down by the law. Uh, <laughs> that's but, Yeah, that's, that's so great. But yeah, so I don't think he's got much of a sense of humor about himself. Yeah, I could see that for sure. 
I love the way he looks at uh, Steve at one point in the movie when they're sitting in a diner. Yeah. And Steve is just like going on about like how, or yeah, Steve Sanders is going on about Steve Weeby and how he's, um, I don't know. He says something he said like a good, yeah, guy. he says he's a good guy and, and, and Billy's just staring at him Gives, and then yeah. they, then they ask him like the, the, uh, filmmakers, <laughs> they're like, how do you feel about him or something like that? And then he just glances over them. He's like, I don't know enough about the situation. And he looks back over at Steve. Just, yeah staring daggers at him and steve is just smiling and, and looking at looking straight at him. yeah and that's but, why steve sanders is i think ultimately a good guy right um he hasn't like completely lost his mind <laughs> right yeah yeah um so anyway uh what are you gonna give um do you got a cinematography score cinematography i gave eight i mean it's standard cinematography in my opinion same yeah um solid solid movie yeah. or solid documentary cinematography could have been a little more interesting sure but um definitely not bad yeah real factor i give it an eight i gave it a 10 oh wow this okay. is my favorite documentary hmm. um i enjoy it a lot i've seen it a lot and uh i always enjoy it it's just a classic yeah i agree um i do think i guess if i if i'm docking it for anything it's just that it, and I know it was probably pretty low budget, but mm. I don't know. You, I think I, f- I felt it a lot that I was kind of watching something that was low budget and could have been a little bit, could have had better production values. Um, so it's hard for me to give it a top real factor score when, um, you know, it could have been better in terms of how it looks. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see that, but. I don't know how much more they needed to do to tell the story that they wanted to tell. Yeah. Um, like chasing ghosts has some interesting special effects. Right. Right. That shows kind of like inside the video game. Right. I think that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. It didn't really add to the overall point of the movie. It's kind of fluff. But it was cool. Yeah, it is cool. But in King of Kong, I don't really, I mean, I don't want to dock it for that because I don't think it's necessary. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, what's your score, Rob? I already said 10. Oh, no, your overall score. Oh, I'm sorry. Your My average. overall <laughs> score is um, a 9.25. All right, I gave her a solid 9. All right, and uh, that makes our real score a 9.125. Alrighty then. One of our few north of nine scores. Yep. And then, uh, so we should talk a little more about Chasing Ghosts now. Um, yeah. Like we had mentioned, it's kind of a, more of an overview of 80s arcade games and the culture, the high score race um, of the 80s. Yeah. And then how these people are now. Yeah, they, they um, repeatedly reference um, that photograph that we talked about earlier from Life magazine mm. from back in 1982. Yeah, they kind of use that to switch between the perspectives, like who we're learning about now. Um, yeah, it's a nice device because it does help keep you, it help, helps remind you the connection between all of these random people. Right, yeah. And because it, it keeps going back to the photo, and it's, like, it's like, okay, we're going to zoom in on this person. And then we're going to go over and zoom in on this other person. Yeah. And um, and then it shows you, you know, it, the photo is with them younger, but it goes, you know, it cuts to them, uh, you know, in modern times, current times. Yeah, whatever. yeah. And uh, they're talking about their uh, their past glories and talking about their current lives. L- lives? Lives. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so there's a lot of that. It really is much more about the the arcade gaming scene and about the games themselves so these film these two films complement each other really well yeah 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 because you get you get the um the drama from king of kong and you get the more of the information from chasing ghosts yeah and then there's like some interesting characters in this in chasing ghosts there's like two guys that um were kind of competitors in the video game berserk which is one of my favorite arcade games berserk is amazing um, but they hadn't seen each other in what was it like 30 years or something Yeah. because one of them insulted the other one in front of a girl he was dating. Oh yeah. That, I, that story was wow. He never talked to him again after it. 
Um, so they meet like 30 years later. They're old men. They the one guy brings a berserk board over that doesn't work. They try to fix it and it never gets fixed. <laughs> so they never play berserk, but they they talk and kind of reconcile. Guess, yeah, hash things out a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and there's one guy that hangs out with strippers all day. His uh, apartment's <laughs> got is like filled with slot machines and um, neon. He's an interesting dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there was, I, f- I thought it was really interesting. Those, there was the two guys that got that. They went under the same alias in the high score. Oh, initials, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And they would work together They're to like, fill up the high score screens on all the games. Yeah, really close friends. Yeah. I don't remember what their... Uh, Billy Mitchell uses USA, of course, and he always wears like American flag ties. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, these other guys, I don't remember what initials they used. Um but they, uh, I think it was, I think it was Wiz. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were like the wizards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they would have. They had like, they had these these hacks that they would use, where they would like use a pencil, to uh, right to be able to hit the two buttons on one of the games faster. Yeah, track and field. Yeah. To, like alternate the buttons to run faster. Yeah. So they got a pencil. You know what's funny about that is when I was a kid, my friend. And I were playing that game, and he goes, "Oh, I gotta get a pencil." And he <laughs> was doing that on a Super Nintendo. Or I think no, it was an NES controller. Oh wow! Um, and I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, and it's so funny that 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 they kind of invent they well they did invent it. They said they used a, um, a cutter, like a kitchen blade, um, electric knife. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Alternate the buttons like at superhuman speeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's clearly cheating. But right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. There's just all sorts of weird little details like that in the movie. Yeah, we also forgot to talk about that guy in King of Kong, Mark Alpiger. Oh, oh, which guy was that? He's the guy that wears the the weightlifting glove because it's oh. fingerless. It's got double padding. Right. And you can play marble all day. And <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it makes sense. Oh, that's uh, funny. That's... I just love the people in, this, in these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, direction for Chasing Ghosts, um, what do you think? Okay, so uh, I gave her an eight. Um, the director, by the way, was um, Lincoln Rukti or Ruchti. I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce his name. Oh, okay. Um, Who's the director for uh, King of Kong? Uh, Seth Gordon. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. And Yeah, so, but yeah, uh, Chasing Ghosts, um, it's not... It's just not as entertaining of a documentary. It doesn't really yeah. have a narrative. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of scattered. It's kind of all over the place. It's pretty meandering. Right. They know, they didn't really, aside from sort of keeping you on track with um, referencing that photo, they, there's not much of a structure to it. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, so this is the person we're going to talk about now, and uh, yeah. they just kind of jump to different people. Um, and uh, so it... Yeah, it just doesn't have it doesn't have the kind of drive that King of Kong has. I agree, but I did give editing a ten, despite that. Really? Okay, I gave her an eight. Okay. What was your ed- ed- rating for directing? <laughs> uh, I think I said it's an eight. Oh, okay. I thought you. Uh... Okay. But I, I might not have. <laughs> but I, I'll repeat it. All um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I I thought that uh, it did a good job in what it was doing. It doesn't necessarily okay. have to have a narrative. Um, and, I, I yeah, I just like the... Oh, my, my mic is, like, uh, drooping. I like the um, shots of the special effects. We're going to get to special effects in a second. Right. But I kind of like how they're interspersed with the, the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did like some of the interviews and some of the subjects and... Yeah, I thought it was well put together. It's kind of I I I don't want to crack the editing for its lack of narrative because that seems to be more of a direction issue. Yeah, that's fair. Because that's you know the director is kind of the one that determines the focus and right of the documentary. Well, I did I did think the movie was a little longer than it needed to be, and um, I think I thought okay. it spent a little too much time on um, Roy Schilt probably and got a little bit into how, the ridiculousness. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> and maybe. 
uh <laughs> maybe even todd rogers how absolutely the, dare you the spider guy yeah i don't know yeah it, it there's some stuff in there that felt a little bit unnecessary and maybe even a little bit um I don't know, like almost, I don't want to say exploitative because like they agreed to be in it, but it was just kind of like there, it seemed like they were ridiculing these people at certain points. Mm. Um, and it felt a little bit awkward because it was like other times it's, it's kind of poignant. So I don't know the tonally, it was a little weird for me. Yeah. Um, so I just, I, it's not terrible, but, um, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of bleeding over into directing, but. Yeah, I don't know. I just gave it an eight for both. I thought they were solid, but not excellent. Okay. Um, effects. They did have some cool, like we said, inside the video game effects. Um, I thought they were good, not great. You know, I, I gave them an 8.5. I gave them a nine. Okay. Yeah, I thought the effects were really fun. I really yeah. like those little segments. Yeah. Um, That's what I've always remembered about that documentary, mm-hmm. was the guy with all the slot machines in his apartment and the... the uh, animations right right yeah the it's it's cool because it's kind of like you're watching tron or something like it takes you into the game Mm -hmm. and um yeah i thought those were were very well conceived and worked well and just um something about pulling you into it a little bit more Mm. like i don't know I, i think it was an attempt to make it to add some um just some flair so that it would be a little more entertaining for people who weren't super interested in, in this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it works even though this movie was kind of overshadowed by King of Kong, unfortunately, but yeah. Um, but, but it does serve as an interesting companion piece. Absolutely. Yeah. I think would make a good, I think this would, would be good if you watch it first chasing ghosts before you watch King of Kong. I agree because it gives you kind of a, a, a nice taster of what it's nice to have like. that background uh, yeah um even though king of kong king of kong does kind of go into some of the background this is more in depth and yeah. uh, if you're really interested in this topic for whatever reason um <laughs> you should check it out like if you like video games this is a very interesting documentary yeah and it's it's funny because um I wonder what it's 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 weird that these movies both came out the same year. It was like two different people decided they were going to do mm. almost the same kind of movie, and and Seth Rogers is fortunately ended up being more um, Seth Gordon. I was, yeah, sorry, I knew I got that wrong. Seth Gordon's ended up being more a more of a narrative, but that was a later decision. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting how Chasing Ghosts kind of ended up being the movie that Seth Gordon didn't make. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a another documentary that's good called High Score. It's about a guy trying to get the Missile Command High Score. Oh, okay. Um, that's a really good one. He he tries really hard, but he can't find a board that will last as long as it takes. Oh, to get right, the high right. Score in that game. That's it takes crazy. Like, yeah. I, I forget how long it takes. Like twelve or thirteen hours or something. It could oh, be something longer than that. But um, yeah, the boards just kept dying on him. So that's basically what it was. Just ending in kind of real disappointment. Wow. But it's a good. It's a good one. I liked it. Does it have Roy Schilt? Roy, yeah, Roy Schilt, Mystery Awesome in it. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. It might, um, but I think it mostly just focused on that guy. Oh, okay. But, but it could very well have him in there. It's been a long time since I've seen it. He would definitely add some entertainment value. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Uh, so you got a rating for cinematography? Eight solid cinematography again. Gave it eight point five. Yeah, I I liked the cinematography, especially in those uh, animated segments. And, um, because of the way that it kind of pulls you in. Right. And, um, man, I, I could have dealt, I could have done even more of those. I would have liked to see even, you know, more of, uh, you know, more segments of being, you know, inserted into the game. Um, but yeah. I'm sure the budget didn't allow for that. Right. And yeah, just generally, um, I thought it was well shot. I thought it looked good. I thought it looked a little bit better than King of Kong hmm. overall. The production values, I think were slightly better. Okay. Um, so Yeah. So real factor for real factor. I gave it a seven, 8.5. All right. Yeah. Justify yourself, sir. I think it's a solid documentary <laughs> and I enjoy it. Um, and I think that's worth an 8.5. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, um, just compared to King of Kong, I, I liked it slightly less. So I yeah. gave it a seven instead of an eight. Yeah. King of Kong, Kong has a lot more going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, in subject matter. So, 
it's it's an unfair comparison, I think. But they're both solid documentaries, and I think they're worth watching. Yeah, it is. It is kind of an unfair comparison structurally. Um, and like I said, it is kind of a shame that Chasing Ghosts got overshadowed a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, for what it is, it's um, it does a good job. But yeah, like you know, King like we say, King of Kong. <laughs> it's just uh, such a such an entertaining documentary. Mm-hmm. It's got an actual narrative. It's just an unusual thing. Yeah. And my uh, my actual score is uh, an individual score, I should say, <laughs> is uh, eight point six. <laughs> All right, mine's 8.1. Okay, so that is a real score of 8.35. Real score of 8.35. Right. That is the only score that matters. Um, do you want to read a couple, or not a couple, but some reviews yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, so I thought there was some good stuff on Rotten Tomatoes here. Um, that People had some different views and different reactions to it and focused on different things in the reviews. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these reviews are kind of all saying the same thing, but I thought some of these were kind of interesting. There's very few negative reviews of either of these movies. Yeah. Um, by the way, chasing ghosts was even less. They were both kind of like film circuit darlings. They weren't, they never got wide release or anything. Um, or I should say festival circuit darlings. That's what that was what I meant. Gotcha. Um, but uh, chasing ghosts doesn't have like an actual critics rating on rotten tomatoes or anything. So we don't really, have ratings to compare here but um but yeah for king of kong so you've got uh some some actually almost um what's the word superfluous or over the top praise yeah um that's not quite the word i'm looking for but you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. uh so this guy uh jay olson from uh cine mixtape he says this is lavish huh lavish Lavish, yes. Is that the word lavish. you're looking for? There's some lavish praise for this movie. Um, but he says, uh, on, this is a Rotten Tomatoes review, he says, uh, it's the most absurd, joyous, and mesmerizing documentary of the 21st century. So um, that's quite a claim. <laughs> that's, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't disagree. I love this documentary, and I will always recommend it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, I think mesmerizing is a little over the top, but it is good. I don't know, man. It's there's something about it. It just draws you in. Oh, by the way, I had to, I have to say, at the end of Chasing Ghosts, <laughs> when Walter Day, they're filming Walter Day putting a package in the mail and kind of like walking away in like a <laughs> very stately fashion. Um, and the subtitle states that Walter Day, by the way, he's the um, just to reiterate, he's the Twin Galaxies record holder, right. record keeper guy who always wears like a. A referee jersey mm-hmm. so he he decides to send a, his jersey into the smithsonian. smithsonian the smithsonian department or the smithsonian um division of video game history right. i think is what it is and then the next subtitle is that department does not exist <laughs> and at that point i lost it that was hilarious uh he didn't even bother the, to the check all to think that they would even want he that. just assumes that they have a department of video game history and, and that if they did they would <laughs> want that that they would want this referee jersey this musty i mean they do keep track of these records in, in uh, the guinness book of world records which is kind of cool right um but yeah the smithsonian even, by the way they took away billy mitchell's scores too and todd rogers scores right guinness right as well um so anyway yeah. um some reviews. Uh, if uh, here's uh, Ian Buckwater from DCist. Uh, Even if you've never so much as eaten a single ghost in a game of Miss Pac-Man, King of Kong is still a remarkable and remarkably hilarious film. Yeah. Uh, I and I think, yeah, it, it probably could have been even a, a, a bigger film because it does have that broad accessibility. Like yeah. we said, it's an archetypal underdog story everybody loves that kind of a story sure. the fact that it's about video game nerds doesn't really matter right um yeah so and then we here we have this is uh, a, yet another kind of perspective on it roger moore from orlando sentinel uh it's a gripping yarn an edge of your seat thriller as well as a mocking insider's view and a genuine giggle So you do have, and, and then Roger Ebert says uh, it's a documentary that is beyond strange. 
<laughs> so I just I love the, the Roger Ebert notorious video game hater. <laughs> he does give it three out of four stars though. Um, well, yeah, I think you recognize how great of a movie it is, but he always said that uh, video games weren't art. Yeah, wow, I totally disagree with that. Here's a guy. Mitchell is a ringer for Ben Stiller's pompous villain in Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Yeah, yeah that is that is a really good reference. What, Goodman? And then uh, Richard Roper says, it's one of the most fascinating films of the year, and it deserves an Oscar nomination for Best Documentary. I totally agree with that. Yeah, sure. Maybe not a win, but certainly... Uh, I don't think it did get an Oscar Oscar nomination, but yeah. Yeah, doubt it. Um. So anyway, Rob, uh, yeah, so we've got our scores down for sure. both these movies. Yep. Um, do you have any other factoids or opinions or... Um, you know? I do want to mention one more thing about King of Kong. Sure. When uh, they're driving to Florida, Steve Weeby's daughter, they're in the car, and she said... Uh, or he's like reading... He's saying that... He's explaining to her that the contest is for the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> and she goes, oh, yeah. And she goes, some people kind of, like, ruin their lives, their lives to be in that in that <laughs> book, right? <laughs> and he looks at her like, oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, such an insightful little girl. Wow. Yeah, I forgot a, about that. Such a funny moment. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that's – it is it is poignant, I guess, but I don't think he's ruining his life to – probably made his life better i mean uh, yeah i mean it seems like it's more of a side hobby right he started he, d- he does he speaks at like places yeah yeah he does speechy uh, speaking engagements about <laughs> arcade games yeah um but he uh yeah he does um he, he's a miss he's he used to be an engineer and he lost his job and was unemployed for a while and that's that was when he got really into donkey kong right um and he, so he broke that uh, he broke that million point milestone in his garage, and that's actually a moment that they they actually take a minute in the film to focus on that because they have he has the footage of that because he submitted the score obviously mm, so yeah. like right when he's about to get that score his kid is like bugging him yeah and so that's all on the tape he's like telling him he needs to wipe his butt or something yeah yeah <laughs> I, I read an interview with like Billy Mitchell and he was like. Um, he basically called that child abuse. What? He basically called him ignoring his child's needs, child <sighs> abuse. I think it was kind of chung in cheek, but it was yeah. still kind of whatever. But um, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. But uh, anyway, we, I think we should probably apologize for some corrections. Yeah, we do need to, to, to correct a few, uh, few errors. You know, these things happen. All right. Well, uh, let's play some, uh, some corrections music. Corrections. These things happen, people. Okay, Jeremiah. Uh, what do you have to apologize for? Or would you like me to begin? Uh, I think you need to go first, Rob. Okay. I, I, you got some doozies. Yeah, I got to get some stuff off this chest of mine. What chest? Thanks. Um... <laughs> The uh, Seventh Seal uh, does not have a sequel about death uh, forcing Bobby Fischer to be his chess teacher in purgatory for eternity. Oh, really? No. That, I mean, that's plausible, but... Yeah, okay. I thought I, I thought that's that was the case, but okay. it's truly not. Well, fair enough. Sorry uh, about that, guys. All right. Uh, so my first one here is has to do with uh, Shrek, the classic animated film. Um, turns out there is not a Shrek King Kong crossover movie called Donkey Kong in the works. Uh, that is completely made up, and Rob should feel ashamed for having made this claim, should punish himself, and should apologize to Eddie Murphy, frankly. Fine. I don't know what you were thinking, man. Well, uh, Eddie Murphy, he's going to get an apology. Okay. Okay. 
So Good. I'm sorry. All right. And I am ashamed. I oft um, have trouble falling asleep asleep at night thinking about what I've done to Eddie Murphy. He's a good man, Rob. He's a good man. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Pull ourselves together. FDR, American Badass, did not actually win a Nobel Peace Prize. What? We did, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got that mixed up. We were the one who won it. Ones we it? were the one that won. We it. were the ones that won it, <laughs> and not FDR American Badass. All right, even though it was up for nomination. Yep, I got the the little uh, little Nobel Prize here on my desk by my Cthulhu figurine. Yep, and my world uh, my world globe. Oh yeah, we have a new addition to the desk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we <laughs> we always tap the uh, the Cthulhu and the my little corkscrew shaped Septarian stone. For good luck. And now we have uh, a globe paperweight, a crystal. Yeah, it's, quite, yeah, it's pretty cool. Quite beautiful. All right. Um, Akira. I'm moving on to my next my next correction oh, that I have to make here. okay. Or Akira. Uh, is not a biopic about Akira Kurosawa uh, and his childhood. Really? No, but it's, uh, it's pure science fiction, brah. You're blowing my and mind, man. I, I'm sure he would not appreciate the implication that he, you know, blew up Tokyo. Um, so, probably not, but. So, yeah, we screwed that one up big time. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of his fault, right? Basically. So, <laughs> he should be apologizing to us. From beyond the grave? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so finally, I mean. For me, finally. I think you have another one. I've got a doozy here at the end. I uh, The game ledger that we usually have for the games. Oh, no. It's not actually a gigantic tome. It's just a black softback Cahier Molsky notebook. Graph lined. Available at a Barnes & Noble near you. Did and you, far from you. Did you even include the detail that it was in a three-pack? Did I catch that? I did not include that. Oh, okay. Well, there's that. So that's every detail. <laughs> um, so yeah, wow, it's, it's, not to- a, it's not totally, a gigantic book. Man, you totally gave up our uh, our longstanding joke. We're gonna have to come up with something else. <laughs> all right, not that that was a good one anyway. But <laughs> all right, uh, so this one's about Home Alone. I loved how you looked at your notebook. Like, how did he know that? i'm sitting here looking at my notebook with like a stunned look on my face like oh my god it's like oh well i know my notebooks right yeah he knows his moleskines especially he gave me a moleskine one time i did um so home alone 2 people okay uh joe pesci and daniel stern were not killed by a 200 pound steel pipe okay they're alive and well uh that was just a camera trick you know, they're so don't worry. Um, they live healthy, fit lives to this day. They take yoga together. They're expecting whoa in July. Wow. So, yeah, very happy couple. Very cool. Well, I'm excited for them. I'm relieved that they're not dead. Um, oh, I'm absolutely. For, I was for sure Macaulay Culkin killed them. Well, you know, won't put it past him. It's true. You ever see The Good Son? I did not. It's capable of quite a, quite an evil task. Ooh, dirty deeds, huh? Yeah. Done dirt cheap. All right, we owe five bucks ACDC for that one. Done dirt cheap. Um, dirt we do have a little business done, to take care of here. Done dirt cheap. Powell. Uh, dirt if Rob will not talk done. over me, done dirt for a minute. Cheap. Uh, so we have some business. Yes. Uh, we are going to start accepting your dollars. Yeah, we uh, thought it was time to take your money. Um, <laughs> this podcast will continue to be free and uh, for all and one. But if you would like to uh, contribute, um, just go to our anchor page 
Anchor FM. I know the guilt is eating away at some of you. Yeah. Anchor, just all this great content that you've been uh, able to enjoy over these months. I can't even imagine just how bad you feel. Make yourself feel better. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Give us $1,000. Well, you or know. Or we'll, you know, put a lien on you your home. You can aim a little lower than that, but. Put a lien on your home. Well, you know, we will do what is necessary. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um,. So, yeah, just go to our Anchor page, and uh, there'll be a little money link there. Cool. And you can chip in. Cool. A buck or whatever. Cool. Um, we, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but you'll, you'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you'd like to contribute, go ahead and go to anchor.fm slash reels, um, and we'll be on there. Yeah, by the time this airs, uh, you'll be able to give us your dollars, so you can look forward to that. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, thank you in advance. Yes, thank you in advance. And also thank you in reverse or whatever the opposite of advance is. And we will not be putting it into a pyramid scheme. No, of course not. So we will be um probably using it to buy more Amazon movies, actually. <laughs> probably. Um but we uh yeah, we do appreciate you listening. Um yes. and yeah, we can't wait to uh put another one out there for y'all. And just keep keep them coming. Keep the, sure. the, the high-quality H2O. I mean, high-quality content flowing. Hey, no. And um, you can contact us at realunrealsofficial at gmail.com. Yep. Or you can just follow us at Real and Reels. On um, Twitter, on Facebook. Um, yeah. We're everywhere, people. Well, you know, those three places, at least. Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. love feedback. Yep. All that good stuff. So, uh, would you like to conclude this episode? Yeah. All right. I think I'm there. Just to let you know, there's a uh, Reel on Reels kill screen coming up. 